This is the future. TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Boy, Elliot, another great guest in Buddy Wilkins. I mean, his insight into the 1992 Dream Team and what's going on in Miami and... I'd like to see him back on the bench coaching a team. I don't know if he wants to do that. It didn't sound like he wanted to go through the regular season, but come playoffs, he's he's good to go. Uh, the Heat, it's almost the playoff time, and the Heat's got the talent there. Uh, he might be able to get him the mesh. Well, and you, th- you think Miami might make a change at some point. It looks like things are unraveling. I can't believe Pat Riley hasn't come down already. I mean, Riley is one of the best coaches in NBA history. you think he'd come down and say, okay, I'm taking over. Well, it looked early on in the season like that might occur. But then it, it didn't happen. You thought, okay, maybe Riley knows what he's doing by not coming down, and, and the Heat did okay. But recently, the the uh, the big three hasn't come up very big, and it, you wonder once again if this trend continues, do you get a change? Let's get right to our next guest, a five-time All-Star. NBA Hall of Famer, one of the 50 greatest players, our second member of the all-time 50 team in the NBA. We had on earlier Lenny Wilkins, Sam Jones. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing fine. Good afternoon to all of you. Lenny said to tell you that, boy, you were tough to guard because you could stop at a dime, and he remembers the time during his rookie year you told him, don't they ever let you shoot? <laughs> well, that's the start of dissension. <laughs> so we had trash talking back in the uh, in the 50s and 60s even then? Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> and how would you rate yourself as a trash talker? Well, only to Wilt Chamberlain. That was my special guy because I loved him and I thought he was a tremendous player. And he'd always get out a little bit late. And I would just tell him, too late, as it went over his fingertips. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you were one of the most athletic shooting guards of your time. And they basically said you basically changed the position. And other people like Jordan have copied you. Now, repeat that, please. They said that back when you started playing, the two guards weren't that athletic, the shooting guards, and then you had such great athleticism, you revolutionized the position that you basically opened it up for the Michael Jordans, the Dwayne Wades. Well, I really don't know. I Really, I came in, I was almost 6'5", and when I reported to the Celtics, they said they'd never had a, had a guard that, that big, and it, it, it sounded good to me because I'd always played guard, but... Uh, uh, I really enjoyed that spot. I played it all the way through high school and college, so I was sort of used to it. Now, when I think of Sam Jones, I think of the bank shot. I, I you know, shot after shot after shot, and they always went in. How did that start? <laughs> well, it started down in, it started really my freshman year in high school. And uh, my, our coach liked for us to make layups off the side. When you're coming in for a layup on the side, never, never at the top of the key, always on the side. But down the center, you had to shoot for the rim. And I started practicing because I was making layups consistently on both sides. So I started shooting little jump shots from about five feet out. And I kept moving back to a distance where I was not throwing the ball. And consistently, the ball went in. Every time we just go in and go in, I said, this is going to be my shot. And so I kept that shot all the way through college and all the way through the pros. But it was so funny when I got to the pros. They didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Nobody does that, or, ver- or very seldom. You know, John Wooden's UCLA team occasionally would bank shots. Are you surprised more people don't use the I bank shot? I'm very much surprised. John Wooden, um, he, he, he made all of his players shoot off the backboard. Every one of them that came through 
him knew how to shoot off the backboard. But uh, I'm I'm surprised that many coaches don't copy successful coaches. And who can be any successful than John Wooden? And nobody did that, and that that surprised me. And so I'm I'm surprised that not too many kids are shooting off the backboard. But the other this year I've seen Dwight Howard of all shooters shooting off the backboard. Dwayne Wade is using the backboard. And, of course, Tim Duncan has been using the backboard ever since he's been in the league. You're down in Florida. Have you watched a lot of those Miami Heat games? I watch more of the uh, – I go to the Orlando Magic games because only an uh, hour and 45 minutes away, but I watch the Heat game, yes. Let me ask you a question. Yes, I watch the Heat game because this, this year I didn't think they would be successful. Why is that? Because I think that when you have three superstars – playing together, they've got to learn each other's uh, weaknesses and strengths. And I, I think it's going to take a year, but my gosh, when they start yelling, they're going to be real good. Now those Boston Celtic teams had their share of superstars, and they somehow all coexisted. Mm, but it's hurt me now. It hurt me really uh, badly. Uh, you, Dwayne Wade and uh, – not Dwayne Wade, but uh, uh, Ray Allen – Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, but it hurt me tremendously when they got rid of Kendrick Perkins. Uh, I thought he was the man that could take them all the way uh, to the finals and all and make and make sure they win the championship. What is it, all? What's all this Perkins love? You're like the fifth person to say this. This Green is a lot better offensive player and he's more athletic. Perkins just seems like he just plays defense. That's what you need. <laughs> that's what you need. We have three people that can score. You don't need any more than three people on the court at one time, and Rondo can make points also. So now you got four. And Rondo is to get the ball to everybody, but defense win championships. All you got to do is talk to Bill Russell. Defense win championships. We rode, I rode him for 12 years right on his back, and I always said to Russell, you do the defense, we'll do the shooting. Yeah. You didn't need much offense from Russell, did you? No, but the guy averaged 16 points a ball game, and that's what's amazing. Well, that, that's off of Heinsohn's misses, right? Just rebound baskets. Well, no, not really. <laughs> Russell, if you want to talk, take somebody who can shoot clutch free throws, Russell would always come through when the free throws were needed. Now, I don't know what his percentage were, but I do know this, that any time late in the ball game. And he was on the line. He delivered. Rick Barry said that about Wilt Chamberlain. Till Wilt became a team player, he said Wilt never won a championship until he became a team player because Wilt was just about scoring and all the glamour. And then Wilt finally said, you know what? I want to win a championship. And then he changed his whole game around. Well, Wilt could have done anything he wanted to do. Anything. In fact, uh, I think Wilt could have been the greatest player to ever step on a court. He could run fast, he could jump, he could score, he could pass, he could play defense, but he just didn't put it all together when he wanted to. He wanted to do one thing at a time, and that doesn't work. And he played consistently the all-around game. Will Chamberlain, in my eyes, would have been the greatest player to ever step on the court. Now, if Will Chamberlain had come along nowadays, he, he would have been like LeBron James on steroids or something. I mean, he, he would have... Dwarfed LeBron, and is that about right? <laughs> well, LeBron James is 
LeBron James reminds me of Magic Johnson in a way. When you when you have a, a a person that tall and that strong, and could put the floor, ball on the floor and go to the hoop, uh, who ever thought in my day you would see a six nine guard, or you see a player like LeBron James who's playing today? Uh, I was hoping he plays football. <laughs> he he probably could play football, be a tight end if he wanted to be, or wide receiver. You said that Wilt Chamber could have been the greatest player in NBA history. Who do you think is the greatest? Well, I'll never go against Bill Russell because what he did, 13 years and 12 and 11 NBA championships, took us to the finals, took us to the finals every year in the Eastern Division. And we went to 11 NBA championships when I played with him, and we won 10. So I've got to go with Russell. Do you know that Lenny Wilkins could have been your point guard, that the Celtics recruited him after the Hawks were folding, the St. Louis Hawks? When they were moving to Atlanta. When they were moving to Atlanta, and he basically decided to go play somewhere else. Can you imagine you and Lenny in the same backcourt? Well, I love Lenny. Lenny was a hell of a player, and he was quick. We knew he was going left, but we still couldn't stop him. He never went to his right. But uh, just a tremendous player. We watched him when he was playing for Providence, and I'm sure that... Red would love to have had Lenny Wilkins on the Celtics team. Now, if we get you out on a basketball court, can you still bank him in? No, I, I can bank him in uh, only, only on short shots, about 10 feet, no more, and no jumping at all. Okay, so no three-pointers for you? Oh, no, the three-pointers are gone. <laughs> you, you wish you had the three-pointer back in the day? Well, I don't know. I might have shot too much. <laughs> but I, I complimented Ray Allen for not for just breaking... Uh, uh, Reggie, Reggie Miller's record, but I had a chance to talk with him, and I, I've never seen a guy shoot so quickly. The ball is coming, it looked like it's leaving his hand as soon as it gets there. There's no way I could have shot a ball that quickly. And Ray has done a fine job, and I'm so glad that he's playing with the Celtics. Was it tough playing in Boston in the late 50s, early 60s, being a black player there? Was there a lot of racial strife, or did they love you guys there? Well, I think... If you played any professional sports in Boston, it was okay. But you still had sections that you had to know your place. And I want you to understand your place. You, you had the Italian pl- the section, you had the Irish section, you had the white section, you had the black section, you had the Jewish section. So you got five sections. Uh, back then, we didn't have too many Latinos uh, that was living in Boston. But uh, we knew our place, but... Usually we got invited to all of those places because we did play with the Celtics. What was the best of the Celtic teams that you played on? Oh, gosh, why would you ask me? See, my, my answer is all of them. Because when you win championships after championships, even with new players coming in, and as we were getting older, we still accomplish what we set out to, set out to do. There was one team that stayed together all the time. Now, I don't know what would happen as free agency, but I always said every year was the best team I ever played on. What do you think what's going on in Miami? Do you think that they need to make a change of coach, either Riley to basically take over or bring someone else in, or you think this guy can lead them to a championship? No, I think they need to stay just stay pat. Still, they still got to solve what they're doing. There are other players on that team that can shoot. You got, uh, LeBron James and uh, Dwayne Wade has got to realize 
to get the ball to the open man. Don't force shots because if those other players start shooting and helping out, they're going to be a much greater team. And when they find that out, I feel sorry for a lot of other teams. You think Red Arbach could have coached uh, LeBron and uh, Bosch and Wade? Well, I think Red Arbach could have coached anybody because he, he was a no-nonsense guy. And he had good work ethics for his, for his team. In fact, if he had that team right now, they'd probably be 10 or 15 games in front of everybody. Because, I mean, this guy... He managed the personalities in Boston, and they knew he was in charge. And I think the problem Miami is the coach isn't getting these guys to realize that he's in charge here, and he's sitting here saying, well, they're crying in the locker room. Red Aubrey would have never said that Bill Russell was crying in the locker room or Sam Jones. No, because Bill Russell would have jumped on all of us <laughs> for Red Aubrey. And that's the way we played. Uh, we took criticism. But when you're winning, there is no criticism. I am sure that if, if, uh, they can find a leader on that team. Dwayne Wade has got to be the leader, and he can make everybody perform. Or if he want to release that or relent that to um, LeBron James, he could be the leader. But you can't have but one leader on the court. But the coach is always the leader. And anybody who's playing basketball should have enough pride not to even think about the coach. Listen, we're on the floor. We're playing. Let's get it done. And this is where this is where it comes from. I Kuzi, Bill Sharman, John Havlicek, they all wanted the same thing and that is to be successful. And I'm sure Miami wants the same thing. Exactly. And I was so happy that Bill Sharman got that award at the NBA All Star Game weekend at the brunch. I love Bill Sharman. He taught me a lot about basketball. Bob Cousy taught me a lot about basketball. Bill Russell taught me a lot about basketball. I had the greatest. I had the greatest show on earth, just watching them play and learning how they played the game. And then I knew that when I came into the game, I would be ready to play with that team. And that's why you got ten rings for each of your ten fingers. Thank you very much. <laughs> I got ten rings because of Bill Russell and Red Auerbach. He recruited people that played the way he wanted them to play. Not maybe not the best people, but the people that could fit in to what we were trying to do. Thank you very much, Sam. It was a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Only on Sports and Torts do you have two of the 50 greatest NBA players of all times, Lenny Wilkins and Sam Jones, and a beautiful Playboy golf model, Dana Wyatt. I'm David Spada with my co-host, Elliot Harris. And You, you got were, it right this week. I got it right this week. You were listening to Sports and Torts. Tune in again next week. Thank you.